Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about football club Barcelona. This season, once again in this football mad city, it's been the women's team, Barça Femení, that has been winning the plaudits, the trophies and the hearts of the thousands upon thousands of fans that have come out to see them. The all-time world record attendance for an official women's football match was broken not once, but twice in the space of a month. And on today's podcast, we'll be hearing from the players and the fans on that incredible support. We'll also be looking ahead at some exciting developments in store at the iconic Camp Nou. Europe's biggest football stadium is set to get even bigger. Joined today by Gifrey, Jordan and Killian Sheens. Nice to see you both. Morgan, ah, how nice are you? Back. Nice to be back. Gifrey, I want to take advantage of having a native Catalan here. Not, from, not exactly from Barcelona, but very, very, very close. <laughs> uh, and it's a mistake that I see all the time. Maybe I even ma- made it myself once upon a time. And it's Barca is the football team and it's not the city of Barcelona, isn't it? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, we want to make a, a, a call to our all, all of our audience uh, because Barca is just a short name for the football team, not for the city. Yeah. And I want to know who made this mistake for the first time and who told the rest of tourists, <laughs> newcomers, experts, internationals coming here who think that Barca is a short name for the city when it's not. No, 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 it's no, not. no, no. And second thing is how to write Barca. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got the little squiggly line under the sea. Correct. Yeah. It's it's not Barca with the normal C that means boat in right. Catalan. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with the city or the club. Okay, so we're making an appeal. And if you did, so what do you call the city? Just Barcelona? Barcelona or Barna would be like the short name. But Bosch, yeah, 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 I can I'm see from your face it. that you don't like using it. Yeah, but I mean, if I hear Barna? someone saying Barna, it's all right, but okay. Barca, is, Barca. It's Barca is the football team. Barcelona is the city, or Barna, if you want. Okay, now that we've got that very important announcement <laughs> out of the way, uh, let's talk about the football team and especially the women's football team. And I wanted to know, get your thoughts about what is it now? We've seen these incredible attendances. Why do you think people are coming out and supporting them now in a way that we didn't see a few years ago? I think first and foremost, the success. I mean, they've won so much. They've won so much in in a record fashion. Um, I mean, this season, they closed off the domestic league with 30 wins out of 30 matches. Obviously, last year, they won the treble. And this is naturally going to bring people out and, you know, gather momentum behind the team. And and also change in uh, society, you know, the feminist debate in society for the last 10 years, five, 10 years, especially in the last five years, I'd say, you know, it's in the agenda of uh, politicians. It's in the agenda of society. There were 200,000 people for two years in a row in a Women's Day march in 2018. Uh-huh. International Women's 2018, Day. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, in 2018, 2019, I think. So, I mean, things are changing. And I think this was one pending issue, you know. Yeah. So basketball, tennis and other sports, we know there are men and women. But in terms of football, we had never thought that, you know, oh, there are women who can be professional. And it's changing across the world. But here in Barcelona, uh, it has been an absolutely historic season because on two occasions, the world record was broken. First in March, we had 91,553 attended uh, the Champions League quarterfinal game against Real Madrid. And then just a few weeks later, 
91,648. So what's that? Maybe like a hundred, almost a hundred more, just 95 more if my yeah, maths is right. Just fewer than a hundred more. They uh, just about got over the line there. So the semi-final against Wolfsburg. I mean, just incredible numbers. And you two, you were both at the Real Madrid match and Killian, you were at the Wolfsburg match as well. What yes, was indeed. Like? Yeah. yeah. Ah, it was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, n- neither of us were working at it. So yeah, we, we were just there really able to just enjoy the whole yeah. spectacle. It was incredible. incredible show. It was the first time that the women's team was playing with a crowd in Camp Nou. So mm, it was the f- that's true. first time ever. People so, were so engaged, uh, much more engaged than in the average men's team, where most of the crowd is kind of quiet, unless something Docile. spectacular yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was party. It was like families, like children, groups of friends. Was, so I have to I mean, say, though, it really crescendoed up into that moment. Normally... Barcelona announced the attendance for that match I think like either just before or just after half time but this time they did it right at the very end I think minute like 85 or 86 <laughs> so make sure so, everyone was there because yeah. at half time people go to the toilet or go buy some food or something not just half time so the quarter final game against Real Madrid the first time that they broke the world record it was played on a Thursday so midweek people still getting out of work at 6.45 kickoff rush hour um, it was like yeah, the, the, was the surroundings yeah. of the of the camp no, were absolutely like packed with cars. It was, oh, it was insane, yeah. Jam. The people as well. You could see throughout the whole game. You know, there were still more and more people coming. Obviously, they bought tickets, and maybe they thought, "Ah, oh, crap! Like, I'm not going to get out of the office until seven. Yeah, you know, I'll yeah. drive there and I'll, I'll arrive for the second half." And so I, they waited until the last people, minute to announce the that att- official attendance. I think so, and a big yeah. cheer went up. Massive, but this Massive. was also at a, at a stage of the game where they had come from behind to take a five-two lead. So everything was, just in, everything was just <laughs> it was in magic. party it was mode magic. at that stage. Yeah, and then I, I, it's impressive that they managed to get like ninety-five extra people to come to that second match, that game against Wolfsburg, to, to break the record all over again. Incredible. Yeah, now there's, there's still there's, room. There's still room for more records. Yeah, because, you know, Barcelona's ground is one hundred thousand uh, spectators. A bit so. under. A bit under yeah. 99 or something. But Killian, you were saying just before we recorded that these aren't just world record attendance in the history of the women's game officially, but even if you compare the figures to the men's game this season as well, they've broken record or not broken records, but the top attendances, no? Exactly, yeah. I mean, these two games that we're speaking about right now are the highest attended football matches in all of football, in all of Europe this season, be they whatever league, yeah, whatever gender. League, like, yeah. Yeah. It, and, and obviously surpassed any attendances of Barcelona men's games as well. That's by, by some significant margin as well. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we've touched on it already. Another incredible season. Last year, we did a podcast on their treble winning performance. Didn't quite get the Champions League win this year, but um, it's still an incredible season. Incredible season, absolutely. I mean, it was a perfect season in the league, 30 wins out of 30. Um, But there was actually huge drama at the very last game to ensure this 30th win. They were beating Atletico Madrid 2-1. And right at the death, Ayatana Bonmati actually took down an opposing striker. She She was the last player defending. She knew she would get a red card for it, but she stopped what was almost certain to be a goal and losing that perfect record. (laughs) And very, very interestingly, because Atletico um, lost that game, Barca beat them, obviously, that allowed Real Madrid to get the last Champions League spot. So 
So Barca achieving that 30 out of 30 wins, that perfect season, ensured that Real Madrid got into the Champions League next season. <laughs> and in terms of the cup, which they won last year, we've still got the final to look forward to at the time of recording here. Yes, that is on May 29th. But that is being played against Huelva in uh, grounds in Madrid, Alcorcón, uh, at the classic kickoff time of... 11.30 in the morning. Okay. That's been very okay. controversial. Very controversial. You should hear the irony in my voice there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a disgrace. I mean, we are discussing here that Barca has, like, women playing in Camp Nou and enabling a, a potential crowd of 90, 100,000. And now the, the, the Cups final organized by the Spanish Football Federation is going to be played in a 5,000-seater uh, 5, uh, stadium. Stadium. I mean, I mean what, what's that? At 11.30 a.m. On, a, sun, on I mean, a Sunday morning, Alcarcón is a town outside Madrid. Yeah, yeah so, so who's, who's uh, going to go there at that time? Yeah. I mean, the reason so for this game being played so early is, for some bizarre reason, the Federation decided that Alcarcón would host the final. But they must have chosen this venue before they actually checked the fixture list, which was published last July. Uh, and they would have seen that Alcorcón are actually playing in the same ground on the same day, but later on at eight o'clock in the evening. It's a bizarre decision. Bizarre decision. Yeah, and it's hard and to understand. At a time, at a time it's when impossible to understand. There's no thought put behind it at all. Yeah. And doesn't do any. Doesn't do any, exactly. Women's football and so on. So it could have been played in any other ground, which would have allowed any other kickoff time. And they chose one of the smallest grounds in professional football in Spain. Unlike the Spanish Football Federation, there, Barcelona have been doing uh, a lot to attract people to come to the women's game. Like they brought the prices down, you know, there was reduced prices and they're trying to get new people to come. And even the crowd, it's a different crowd that was coming to the women's game. There were a lot more women. There were there were more girls as well. Like that's what you, you, yeah, you saw when you were at the match. Absolutely. And, so much more even. Uh, and as well, like we have to say that th but this connection that clearly exists between the, the women's team and the fans, uh, it's nice that it's been able to manifest itself now because obviously a lot of their success came during the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot of the recent success when people couldn't go to the games and stuff. So it's just so joyous now to be able to to see them in full flow. Um, we're going to hear now from some fans who made the trip to Turin to see the Champions League final. And we're going to hear from a few of the Barcelona players as well. Fridolina Rolfo, Mariona Caldente and Sandra Paños. Barca Femini have been relentless once again this season. One of the most impressive things about this team is not just the titles and records racked up, but how they've managed to keep their level up so high after already enjoying so much success. At the media day ahead of the Champions League final, I asked attacker-turned-left-back Fridolina Rolfo how the team keeps motivation levels high. That's not a problem in this team. You know, we are a really competitive team and we do every training you see it's like really really tough and everyone want to win every little part of the training and so I think it starts already there but also in games you know our coach staff like the staff team they are putting up set goals if we have a, a weaker opponent it could be we have to score an amount of goals like so I like that because that makes us work even harder fans are really responding to this incredulous level of high performance too not long ago Barca Femini played in front of almost nobody as forward Mariona Caldente remembers 
She says playing in front of crowds is not only exciting, but also it helps the team perform better. In each of the Camp Nou games, spurred on by world record attendances, Barca scored five goals. Mariona wants to make the most of what she describes as a social movement backing the team and keep attracting more and more fans to games. Rolfo joined Barcelona only last summer and says that she has never seen anything like the attention the team are receiving this season before. I was actually surprised seeing how everything was here when I came here, especially the two sold-out Camp Nou's. It was really, really cool for me and I was not expecting that. Uh, but now you see that it's possible and uh, there's happening a lot in women's football, so it's not only us that are having many spectators in the stands. This social movement has seeped into wider society too. It's not only limited to the stands at games. Eastern Catalonia always features specially decorated cakes called Mones de Pascua, which often feature some of the most popular characters or personalities that year. Elies Miró, president of the Bakers Guild of Barcelona, told the Catalan news agency in April that Barca feminine star Alexia Puteas has replaced Lionel Messi as the most popular footballer to top the cakes, especially after her Ballon d'Or win last winter. Alexia has become such a star of this team that her image is postered up on the exterior walls of the Camp Nou, alongside the superstars from the men's team. More and more people are watching Barca Femini's games, but as well as that, more and more are now travelling to them too. Despite losing the Champions League final 3-1 to Lyon, the day will be remembered forever, as 15,000 fans travelled to Italy to support the team. One of those who travelled, Oriol, told us about his trip. The experience was amazing, with all the fans in Turin. In Catalonia, and I think in other countries too, women's sport and her supporters have a true familiar connection. You can approach to the players, they aren't distant celebrities like men are. They are people like you or me. For Noemi, it was her first time to see Barca Femini in a final, and she was one of the many fans who waited for the team bus to arrive at the ground. Despite it being incredibly hot, she says, it was well worth the wait, and overall a journey that she will never forget. Marta, meanwhile, says that the connection between the fans and the team is something special, something that, with the men's team at the moment, would be unthinkable. They fight for winning a match, but also for the right to be treated no matter gender. We have to be conscious of this message. They go beyond sport. And the day was not only enjoyed by those who got to go on a mini-holiday to Italy. In the centre of Barcelona, a giant screen was set up in Plaza Catalunya, where over 2,500 fans gathered to watch the game together and create a great atmosphere with singing and chanting and never giving up hope even after Leon took an early and dominant lead. As much as the fans are responding to the success of the team, the team is also responding to the support from the fans. Yeah, but it's something amazing. You know, you, I love, I'm getting motivated by seeing people in the stands that they are cheering. It gives me even more energy. Goalkeeper Sandra Panos is also hugely grateful for the support. She feels that the team's achievements are for the fans and that the success the team has enjoyed would be impossible without them. For Panos, football is a game that is ultimately for the fans.
Big thanks to those fans who got in touch and sent us uh, their thoughts on the team. And thanks to, as well, of course, to the players as well for chatting to us. I unfortunately didn't make it to any of the matches, but I was glued to social media, to Twitter, like to, to see what was happening. And it was just a joy to watch as well. And one moment that like was repeated over and over again was uh, after the game against Real Madrid, when the whole team like kind of gathered down at the pitch side and like the ultra fans even managed to get the drum on, on the pitch and like they were there beating away the drums yeah. of players and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you cannot see this with, with men's football, at least at Barca, let's say. This this uh, close relationship between players and fans. I mean, at that moment with the drums, Alexia banging the drums there pff, with the fans, everyone like chanting the same songs. So Alexia is also a fan of Barca, you know, so she's yeah. all, all, always... Yeah. Uh, been following matches and playing uh, and so on. So, Killian, uh, any other season highlights that we haven't mentioned? Yeah, I've got a couple of things for you. Um, how about a couple of numbers? Uh, 30 games, 30 wins in that time, 159 goals scored. That is an average of 5.3 per game, all the while only conceding 11 all season. That's that's pretty incredible. And another thing that I'd really, really like to highlight is the first silverware of the season that they got. It was the Super Cup, uh, in which they beat Atletico Madrid in the final 7-0. But really, the, the story of this day was the heartwarming reception that the Atleti player, Virginia Torresia, got. She used to play for Barcelona, but this game was her, actually her first game back after um, cancer. She, she had cancer wow. for a while. Um, she was out of the game for a long time. And even though Barca won the match, all of the players celebrated. All the Barca players uh, celebrated her return. I, I saw. I think I saw videos of that as well. Were they all like you know, really, really yeah. touching moments? Yeah. 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 Women's team, fantastic season. Let's talk a little bit about the men's team. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> uh, give a significant the change in tone there. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Real Madrid. That was a that uh, was a positive. Yeah, yes. four actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Four nil. And, and actually, I have to say, like, what, I was walking around, like, just you know, local neighborhood the night that that match was on. I wasn't watching it, but I heard all the cheers going in and all the bars, and I was like, okay, I have to check the score. Check the score. Four nil to Barcelona. I couldn't believe it. And, and it could like, have been a lot more as it well. It could have been more. But the thing was, I was like, God, I've never like noticed such big reactions just like, you know, from bars, from outside. And then I was looking back. That's because it's the first time Barcelona had beaten Real Madrid since I actually moved. To there Barcelona. you go. So no surprise, Lorca. No surprise. <laughs> so that says um, a lot in and of itself. Uh, go on, tell us. how. how what's the verdict? What's the verdict? Well, I think the biggest thing of this season is the fact that Xavi Hernandez is the manager now. He came in last November replacing Ronald Koeman. Um, how did he do? Well, the overriding perception, I think, is that he did really well, that he improved the team. I think probably improved it not as much as what everyone may be making it out to be. But listen, he did take the team from ninth on the table to comfortably second. Like that's that that's hugely important. There was a slim chance that they may not have even qualified for the Champions League next season. But he got that unthinkable. Got, exactly <laughs> unthinkable, but even financially disastrous of for course, the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that they've got debts of over a billion euro. Yeah. Um, as well as that, they also were knocked out of this season's Champions League in the group stage which again not too long ago oh, would have been unthinkable so they were relegated into the Europa League where you know they took quite seriously um, but then they had that um, 
capitulation against Frankfurt with all of the German fans taking over the Camp Nou Stadium. Which was another big controversy here. Like so many massive, yes. So many fans in the stadium, yeah. Yeah, that, that I think that was a week that really brought a, brought, brought about a lot of soul searching for Barcelona. Yeah, um yeah. it was it was also followed up by two losses at home to Cadiz and Rayo Vallecano. Um, so yeah, that was the first time I think in the same season that Barcelona lost three home games consecutively. Okay, ever okay. first time ever. So a bit wow. of a, a bit of a contrast in fortunes. Well, maybe we don't need to dwell on that for all the Barcelona fans out there. Please uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth is the truth. You know, they have to face the facts. You Absolutely. know, sooner or later. Uh, why don't we look ahead? Why don't we look ahead please, to the future? Please, yeah. And uh, there are big plans for uh, the Camp Nou, which is, uh, you know, this iconic stadium, the biggest football stadium in Europe. And uh, it's going to be redeveloped for the men's team. And we might see the women's team play there more as well. Absolutely. It's going to be modernized. Uh, It's a 60-year-old stadium or 65-year-old stadium. They'll add 5,000 more seats or 6,000 more seats. We could have more new world records for women's games. Absolutely. Because its it's maximum capacity will become 105,000 seats. Mm -hmm. It'll be partly covered. There will be solar panels on top of uh, Camno. Um, And supposedly it's going to have... You know, all all new technology, cutting edge technology yeah. possible, and yeah, it needs and it needs some revamping. I think. Yeah, just last October, a report came out about the the state of the stadium, which found evidence of. Uh, an unacceptable amount of, of bird droppings, for example, falling Lovely. into places where food was prepared in mm. the Camp Nou. So really, this this, this so whole it's a, it's Camp Nou revamping it's it's a it's much more to modernize the the ground and make it a much more comfortable experience for fans yeah. rather than expand the capacity. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And so, what's the plans in the meantime? Uh, well, in the meantime, uh, Barca will play in the Olympic Stadium, uh, Barcelona's Olympic Stadium in Madrid. That's nice, isn't it? Is where it, Espanol uh, used to play. And uh, I mean, it's a lovely stadium as well. If you're ever in Barcelona, visit Montjuic. You can see into the stadium and it's the whole area around it. Absolutely. Uh, nice, this will happen uh, in 2023-2024 season. So not the next one, but the following one. Mm-hmm. And then on the following one, uh, the crowds will be able to return to Camp Nou, but at 50% capacity and it will not be until 25-26 when the whole works in Camp Nou will be ended because this is not only about Camp Nou it's about the whole area you know that's this a spy Barca they call Barca. Barca space yeah it's like a really big area in the Las Cortes neighborhood in Barcelona 100,000 square meters that will be absolutely changed green areas and bike lanes are happy promised at least, and the local council is very satisfied about it because Barca will pay for the uh-huh. whole Barca state, um, Spy Barca. Uh, but of course, the local council has to grant license for, uh-huh. for works. Plenty of shops and clubs selling merchandise and things that's like that, be, I would imagine. Too. That's going to be plenty of shops, <laughs> major areas, bars, stuff yeah, like that. I, think, I, I it, think the idea is to get fans to spend as much time as possible in the area, giving the club their money and yeah, before it, and so. after games. I just, you know? I just had a thought which do you think is going to be finished first this or the Sagrada Familia <laughs> for sure this <laughs> or La Sagrada train station <laughs> La Sagrada train station is uh, like a long story too uh, let me tell you uh, Lorcan too that this whole work includes knocking down the Palau Blaugrana and building a new one where all the 
other Barca professional teams outside football play basketball, handball, hockey, futsal. So, well, futsal? Indoor football. Indoor football. We can say. So it's loads in the pipeline in the coming years. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Gifre? Well, this week it's uh, Ashafa la guitarra. Ashafa la guitarra. So to pick up the guitar? No. No, Ashafa. To smash. Smash the guitar. Smash the guitar. Okay. Smash the guitar. Yeah, can you guess it? Would it be something like like break through a glass ceiling? That kind of idea? Of no, like, no. No. Is it? I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some context. Olympic Lyon in the women's uh, Champions League final. Smash the guitar, so mm, they hammered them. Yeah, just defeat them. They ruined their plans. Uh, it's okay. it's it's not hammer them. It's like ruining someone's plans. Right. Okay. Uh. So, ashafa la guitarra. Ashafa la guitarra. That's us for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to Filling the Sink wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks again to those Barca Femini fans who sent us their thoughts and commiserations on the final. Uh, thanks as well to you, Killian and Gifre, for joining me today. Thank you, Lorcan. Yeah, Thank you, Gifre. Cheers. Cheers, guys. As always, our next podcast is out again next Saturday. And until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeus.